everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Yeah, hello. Welcome along. It is uh, episode 24 of season 7. I am back. I wasn't in Belfield. I was in Bilbao uh, and San Sebastian and uh, I was in Biarritz as well. And as I was coming home at the airport yesterday, um, I was looking across at this guy who I sort of thought recognized me. And that happens often. Uh, it happened a bit, like, but I was looking across this guy and I was like, "Yeah, I was just saying to the, the miss, yeah, he uh, he knew he knows who I am." But <laughs> it was funny then. So we kind of moved on the airport. The flight was delayed. First world problem, Dan. As in, he knows who I am. But so does that uh, but I don't often? Do you often tell? Oh, yeah, like there's a fellow over there looking. I reckon he knows me. I reckon yeah. he knows me off. Where does he know me from? Like it, off the ball, probably. Although, funny enough, I would get as many people coming up to me about the podcast yeah. as I would about off the ball. No, considering no comparison in terms of like listenership. I don't know if it's the same with you. Do you reckon like um, it, it might just be that they, they recognize you from like the pub? <laughs> and you're like, oh, they know me from. I met uh, him in the Lord Edwards. They know me from the. the, the, the come <laughs> up with you. I remember um, Liam Mackey, it's a bit of a tangent, Liam Mackey. <laughs> Ex uh, Great to be back. examiner, brilliant, uh, brilliant journalist, and Liam before he went into like football reporting, he did a bit of stuff on TV in the eighties. He was sort of involved in all sorts of scenes. He was in like, Father Ted, wasn't? Yeah, he? he was in Father Ted, but like mm. Liam was involved in like what was it, TV Gaga or something like that? There was this program yeah. that he was on, and he tells this story about being on a flight one day, and I don't know who he was sat with, but he could see someone like looking at him and <laughs> nudging him, you know, nudging their friend and pointing over and. Liam was like, oh, you know, here we go. You know, someone's going to come over and say, oh, now you're off the telly, you know. So eventually, like, whoever this person was, like, you know, musters up the courage to, like, give Liam the hello. Cause like, Excuse me. And he was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, do you work in the Department of Fisheries? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, okay. Maybe you haven't quite made it yet. You know, it just, just looked like a familiar face, you know, and. You know, is this person who just recognise you from great to be back. from your of, sort of a, your filter coffees around Inchy Car <laughs> and just the, the scene that you go on? A lot, lot of tangents here. Dell, our producer, just pointed out he wrote for Hot Press as well. Of course, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna have a tangent within a tangent. Dan, I was eating out in. We Harris. haven't told. Okay, come so on. I was eating out in Harold's Cross recently, and there was a guy. There was a guy seated behind us, and I said to the missus, "I was like, that's uh, that's Ian Rush used to play for Liverpool," and I sort of had to like. I went to the toilet a couple of times, came back, looked at him, that's Ian Rush. And then uh, as I like gotten into the wine, I said to her, I think I have the courage to ask him. I, I, nobody's gone up to him, so he's not been annoyed tonight. Oh, no. And I went to the toilet again. She goes, just just come back once more to check. So, yeah, it's Ian Rush. And I went off and he goes, you think I'm Ian Rush, don't you? I'm not Ian Rush, right? <laughs> and then your man beside him goes... Um, your man beside me goes, no, he always does this. It actually is Ian Rush, right? So I was getting a little bit, I had a few, you know, glass of wine with me and I just completely fell into a, like a hole and pretty much left the restaurant. Like I was totally embarrassed by it, right? But anyway, on to a less kind of celebrated character maybe at the airport. I was like, and then I got this eureka moment. I was like, that's Derek Tomney, right? <laughs> that's Derek Tomney. And then I was like, he hasn't been in my head for some time because he's actually retired. So he's yeah. not reffing this year. So for some reason, but then I was like, he was, I think he was with his, his wife and daughter. So it's like, well, I go up and say hello. But like, I I've, I was thinking I've probably criticized Eric Tommy in the past because he wasn't, he wasn't, in fairness, he wasn't my favorite referee. And then I was like, would it be hypocritical to go up and say, how are you getting on post-retirement? And then I just bottled it. And like, I literally passed his seat on the plane and everything. I had a perfect opportunity. How are you, Derek? And no, Didn't nothing. It, but it, it was, I'm pretty sure, 
We, I'm pr- sure I'm pretty Derek sure. Tomney. I'm pretty sure it was Derek Tomney. Did right? you Google image him while you were sort of having, you were there? Yeah, I did. So that's when I wanted to clarify. So I was like looking up um, Derek Tomney images on my phone. And I'm pretty sure it was Derek Tomney. And he looked like he'd had a good holiday. And he looked like he wasn't missing the League of Ireland. Let's be honest. Do you think you could have like blatantly encroached on his area as you came across like as you as you walk to the plane <laughs> just like start walk across him no, or start or start like just barking instructions at him it's like but i was going to make a referee like, pun or something yeah. like you know see if he would have if he would have responded upright and just like shoot you back towards <laughs> your your spot you but know you're thinking of the like the league of Ireland referees over the years the characters that were involved um and now they're kind of more professional and whatever else but i yeah got I, involved like, like if, if you decided to be very vocal during the, the early <laughs> Line and it's like, hey, what are you doing? What do you mean the emergency exits? No, no. And then see if he would have instinctively just jumped up to like police your behavior. I've just this episode anyway is an association with uh, future ticketing. It's good to have you back, John. Collar and Cuff. Uh, thanks to Decky as ever for his sponsorship. Um, and uh, you can get your free uh, shirt and tie with your suit. And Rocktoberfest, Dan, is um, you gave it a good plug last week. Yourself, Rascals Brewing. Gary yeah. Doyle. Yeah, interesting. Um, I think Rascal sent me an email during the week. There's a bit of a discount on uh, kind of end of end of summer sales going on. But yeah, I liked I liked the episode last week. Rocktoberfest is September 23rd. Just to be clear. 23rd. Go to rascalsbrewing.com for full details and tickets. You might be there. You might. You, will Derek Tomney be there? Unlikely. Unlikely. Our producer Giles says he was uh, mistaken for Brian Cranston in the airport <laughs> by an American. Not having that at all day. now. Um, <laughs> Let's get people. Neither was she at say at the time. <laughs> say she was. Say she was very, very quickly disappointed. Let's get people's uh, yeah texts in and or sorry and whatever on social media. Got him getting old. Like, have you ever been mistaken for anyone? Or was there ever a Derek Tommy like moment in your life, Derek? If you're listening, and I doubt you are, was it you? Honestly, like, and why didn't you come up and say hello? Because you clearly, obviously, knew who I was. Um, um, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, it's not fun of drinking the Harold House. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so on the show today, we're going to hear from Rory Higgins after um, a c- complex few uh, weeks for Derry City. Um, another big game on at the weekend against uh, Bowes. And we'll hear from Bowes, um, James Clark, who have Rovers away, uh, Shamrock Rovers away on Friday. And Dan, you bigged it up in the last couple of weeks. This weekend is going to be pretty epic. And Shamrock Rovers have sort of reasserted at the top ah. and Neil Farouge is on the way back and Clark uh, was back on Friday even though they didn't play that well I don't think they reasserted they won I mean, they went two that, points further that's what happened then. yeah no yeah. like that's that's what happened well they went two points further ahead of Derry or insulting St. Patrick's Athletic they, they, they kept the same gap with St. Pat's so inevitably I, mean, I understand the I under- handicap at, at Belfield like it was like they you know they coughed up six goals in the first two halves against Galway and Pat's and just like kind of limped to a win yeah, but like that's yeah, but that's the thing. Well, look, I mean, this isn't a betting show, but that's why those type of bets are just fraught with danger. Like you know, and mm. I've I've had my issues with them. At times, you think Kerry are going to get done at certain times. Like these, you know, these are still decent footballers, and they can regroup. They'll get. Do you know what? Sometimes they'll get opened up in a game, maybe where they fancied themselves a bit more, and then, then you're retreat. playing. But then you're playing against a team where you're sort of thinking, "Oh, we're definitely second best to these," and, and it can be tired. So, um, all Pats needed to do was when they did it. Look, I made the point. I did a preview last week, looking to the last quarter of the season. Usually, you're going to do someone at some stage. I don't think they're going to lose every game between now and the rest of the season. And they've already taken points off Cork and Turner's Cross, which have definitely hurt Cork. Um, so they're going to do someone else. 
someone on the run-in is going to drop points against UCD. I don't know who it's going to be, but someone will slip up in their aim against UCD. They'll, they'll do someone because it's a free hit for them. Andy Myers said before, like, they're the party poopers and they, they relish that role. But um, yeah, no, like two great Fridays back-to-back. Almost too good in the sense that I was looking at the fixture list for the rest of the season and... There's a slight danger that if a couple of issues are resolved, like you might have the odd week where not every game is brilliant, but like every game this weekend and last weekend is something hanging over. And that's just the nature of it. But like, uh, you look at it on Friday, I, I don't know, like, maybe I just think people in the league list are complaining about everything, but like there are three great games on Friday. You know, like terrific, like Shamrock Rovers, Bows. Uh, we've got uh, Dundalk and Derry City and Shells against St. Pat's. And maybe that's with like nine games to go or eight games to go. Wouldn't that be a great weekend with like three games to go, wouldn't it? That'd be terrific. But like, look, that's that's the that's the way things have rolled. And to be fair, um, it's it's a great thing to build up at this stage of the season. Like last yeah, Friday. some red zone, Dan. Well, let's go. Let's do red zone. some red zone. Red zone. Uh, but um, the, the, the Bowes Derry game last week, I should say, I mean, I was at that one on Friday. Like, I mean, it, you, you do sort of talk about like podcast listeners because I, I spoke last week at Gary, like made a thing about this is the game to go to, you know, not Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk. Um, and when you get there and then there's a power issue with the lighting, there was quite a number of podcast listeners commented on the way past about, oh, you've, it's the wrong game now, is it? It's the wrong, you know, it may, may not have been the best choice. Like, yeah, thanks, lads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be a pretty bad choice to get no football, but it was worth waiting for. Like, it wrote itself in terms of that report line. It's like, I mean, the game was worth waiting for. We lost 45 minutes, but we got an absolute cracking match. And um, How good is the kid that we're going to hear from later on? James Clark, yeah, he's exceptionally good. Another mead player, as you as you point out. Um, yeah, like, he's, he is a good advertisement for... And I know you bring it up, like Stephen Rice mentioned, the, 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 the future developers. It's something probably we need to be conscious of now that I suppose the more that dreaded word, like elite, the League of Ireland becomes at, at, a, at a younger age. You know, that sort of concept of a future developers is one you still need to keep in mind, you know, that, that and I know that they've they've mixed things up a little bit with the the age the ages and, and that's good. You know, it's it's not so much this case of like um the January, February, March kids sort of prosper and the bigger kids and the later developers are left behind. They just need to be conscious of that and um, you know, someone like like James Clark to me is is what we need they're the type of players we need for the league to actually be able to cope with the player drain, ironically enough, because the best players will go at 18, 19. So you need these players who've been in the League of Ireland underage leagues for a couple of seasons to suddenly blossom at 19, 20 and, and like replace the ones who, you know, who naturally go at 18 and will continue to go at 18 the way things have changed. So you know the we need a bigger, are- like we need a bigger depth of talent at that underage level. But, but obviously like the, the issue for some of them is that not not all of them are even ready at 18, 19 to sort of go to that, to go to that next if, level. If, if James Clark were, like, so he's left Shamrock Rovers a long time now, but if he were at Shamrock Rovers now, he'd absolutely be flourishing in that system, I think. But, but what do you, what do you, well, he, he might, but the question is, would he, he be getting his game How time? many games would he have had at I this I think he stage? would at this stage. But well, they, they, well, they, well, you say that, but you're, you're assuming... If no man draw, you're no Jack. No, but, it's not, yeah, but, but you're, 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 see, this is the problem. Like, you're, you're sort of assuming that he would be like ready to do that now the reason he's ready to do that because, he's now, at because of all the games he played at draw this, this is it's so, an interesting so point. that's like yeah. you know you know now maybe they would have kept him and sent him out and like darren nugent who went and played a lot of games on loan and now has been involved this year mm. and maybe that's what they just need to do more of and they actually have done it did it with dean williams he did, didn't quite make the grade at rovers but that is the point i, I know exactly what you're saying but the, the, the issue is 
the, the minutes and, and the games for these players. So Rovers got the the job done anyway. Um, in a fashion, again, they weren't, I don't, they were overly impressive. What did you make of Dundalk? Because um, I, I, I thought they were quite dynamic in the second half. I thought they were a bit unlucky in another day. I think they deserved something out of the game. Yeah. Stephen O'Donnell was, you know, he was like, be the pointed comment about the pitch after us. They can't be blaming the pitch tonight because we're very good. Yeah, I know. Like, but, but I mean, that's a pointed comment. But I suppose Stephen McDonald's been pointed comments about the pitch. I don't, I don't see how the pitch suits them. Actually, I think one or two of the dog players, like Connor Malley and people like that, to me, he looks like a good footballer. Um, you know, I, I can't. Like, the Oriel is, n- is not the environment for some of these players. You know, and actually, in the talent, the good service, I thought the dog played pretty well. Um, Where is the Stephen O'Donnell situation at the moment? That they're they're sixth in the table. Um, yeah. And uh, I, 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 I think he's a very good manager. They have a massive chance to cope, obviously, drawing against Goal United, but they have a big chance. But um, uh, sort of how important is Europe this season? Fourth mightn't be enough. Um, no, Europe is massively important. Where's Stephen O'Donnell? I think most people at the club know they have a good manager mm. and they're not going to be listening to some of the nonsense around it. Um, like, it's, it's clear that he's a very good manager. Now, has he made mistakes? I mean, yes, and I think, like, there's no doubt that probably how defensively open they were in Iceland and at times, you know, they, they, they probably just haven't been terrific defensively. They've obviously tried to address it with some changes they've made and maybe they just need, like, they, they need uh, better defenders or, or, or maybe quicker defenders to suit the way they want to play sometimes, you know, and this is the thing. But I feel like they're at a stage of an evolution. Now, the problem with Dundalk still is going to be recruitment, you know, getting players to move to Dundalk when there's such great options in Dublin. And that's why someone like Horgan, like Jared Horgan, you can see he's still got it. Like, he's an exceptional signing. Like, I mean, he is he is still, like, he's still got so much ability as a player and they're, they're sort of the, the emotional tie he has with the town has allowed them to, you know, to get him. You know, like versus like you know, similar money would have been an offer elsewhere, and like he's he's decided to go further and dock, and that's good. That's a great sign for him. But it's going to be hard for them to like they're going to have to like nab players from elsewhere, um, and hope that they've sort of been underestimated by other teams, and that's going to be a challenge for them. But I think, I mean, anyone questioning the future, like no one's questioning the future of the manager of any sort of credibility. I think like, but but they might miss Europe this year, and like, I I didn't agree with the. The comments after the Iceland game, I felt like you know, even getting that three hundred, even if Bruges were going to hammer them, and like Bruges probably would have done that. To be fair, another three hundred grand might soften the blow if you don't make Europe this year, you know, and, and that's that's part of the issue. But like they 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 they've still got a chance of putting a run together. I mean, like it is true, like you know, the the Slug of Rovers, Shelburne result. I mean, Shelburne are now like within touching distance, and and there's these games where like Shells are playing Pats this weekend, and we're talking about say Pats naturally enough as title challengers but if Shells Shells went and beat them yeah Shells are in the European uh, they are very much so the problem Um, with Shells is that they're out of a cup see the problem with Shells the reason you know the reason we're talking about Shells in these terms is that they don't have the cup cushion whereas like Pats Bosen and Doc who you still feel are the most likely teams for me to be third fourth and fifth um, well to you know to not be in the top two um, they, you know, did they have the cup uh, on on the side as such? But um, I would say, like Bose, like Bose last week, I was impressed by Bose, um, even though I felt that Derry overall were a better side. I think across the ninety, they probably had the better chances. But I felt like Bose as well. You're like, yeah, they do belong. To, you know, they need to be treated seriously as like a team that can cause problems. And in fact, if Bose go to Tala on Friday, um, and look at what Dundalk did in Tala. Um, you know they could oh, arguably perfectly. be as effective. I think Rovers. Now you've seen the second half to make the change and a couple of changes, and 
you know, Clark definitely, you can see them wanting to play him as quickly as possible. But even, you know, probably go with O'Neill and Poom as a two, I think. Because I think Rovers, when they lost the ball, were vulnerable to a team breaking quickly. And Bowes can break quicker than anyone, you could argue, 100%. with the players they have. So, so Rovers might have to be a little more conservative about the game because Bowes have the ability to hurt them. The flip side about Bowes is that, you know, you see Danny Mullen getting up for the header, like defensively. Um, you can see, you know, Gaffney has dominated Bowes at times in games, and you could see him fancying that again. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought Sam Durant did very well when he came on. Um, Dundalk played Derry City this week, which is a hell of a game, and you heard from Rory Higgins then. So I spoke to Rory Higgins after the, the Bowes game on Friday, and I suppose it was part about the game on Friday, but I suppose more so reflecting on, I suppose like Friday was the end of that series you know, where I think now the dust settles on Friday and you leave those two penalty shootouts behind you, whereas obviously Friday was the first game since. It was only five days since the Pats game. So, um, yeah, I just had a general chat with Rory Higgins about that. Okay, Rory, your, th- your thoughts on that? First of all, I think um, it was a brilliant game of football. Uh, two teams who just went after the game and, and um, four wingers on the pitch, four out-and-out wingers on the pitch and and I made for an open game and um, I felt we started the game really flat second every ball they started on the front foot and, and deservedly went in front but I felt we recovered and we showed real personality and character to recover and go into 2-1 up at half time uh, and then a lapse in concentration has given them a penalty but I felt uh, the last 20-25 minutes we looked like a team that might go on and win it and uh, bar, bar a world-class save from Talbot, maybe going home with three points. And I also felt we, we had a, uh, a real opportunity to be given a penalty at the death that wasn't given. Look, I mean, where you're at at the moment, of course, you want wins rather than draws. I know you've, you've spoken at times this season, you know, we need close to a perfect finish. And yet the season has been pretty topsy-turvy the way it's gone. But... I don't know. How do you feel about that result now, going up the road? Do you think? Um, well, it's 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 one of the most difficult fixtures uh, in the country. It's out of the way. We've taken a point, um, and the way the season has gone, as you said, uh, listen, uh, we just need to keep plugging away and hanging in there. And, and we have uh, dark next week. Then we have our game in hand against UCD the following Wednesday, and we have to try and take six points and, and see where that leaves us. I mean, this game did maybe from the outside look like a bit of a the potential hangover game, if you know what I mean. After the week you had last week, the, the sort of the nightmare week, the physically, mentally, everything. Um, so in that context, are you happy with how you've handled that that side of it? Absolutely. I think, as you said, there, there would have been questions, uh, and I'm sure the Bohemian staff are thinking this is a this is a great time to get Derry. Um, Obviously, last week would have taken a lot of us physically. First and foremost, we went to 120 minutes, 120 minutes, last two penalty shootouts. But we showed unbelievable fitness levels here tonight and, and, and courage. And as I said, after going 1-0 down so early on, we could have feared for us slightly, but the players showed huge personality. And, and, and after a difficult four days last week, uh, really proud of their efforts. Just on one player tonight, Danny Mullen, you brought in the two Scots and Paul has made an instant impact. Mm. I know you've signed them at a weird time. Was Danny just taking a bit longer to get to speed or what's the story? Uh, I, I, think, I think he, uh, it's, uh, he obviously didn't have a pre-season, so we've been building him up. Um, he's different, different profile to Paul. Uh, 
see that um, a different profile in the polls so was maybe taking a wee bit longer, but we've seen day by day over the last couple of weeks and getting sharper and sharper and ha uh, having impacts on games. And, and um, I, I'm absolutely delighted for him because he sacrificed a lot coming to us. And uh, he's got a, a partner and a, and, a, and a young child back home in Scotland. And um, that's a huge sacrifice to make, but um, I think you could see his quality in, in periods of the game here tonight. Takes a good penalty as well. Come here, how did you process that last Sunday evening? You know, when you're, I don't know, you're driving home or you're sitting at home after the game. I mean, the week that was, it's sort of, I can't recall the team losing two penalty shootouts in four days before. I mean, how do you even start to process that? I, I, I give the players, uh, after Sunday, give them two days off. We had been in each other's uh, company an awful lot, travelled together, uh, built a real good bond over that period of time, but they needed a break. Um, we all needed a break, but I'm not going to lie, Monday morning was felt like a, a really bad hangover. Mm. Uh, felt like I'd been on the drink for two or three days, and it was a horrendous feeling, but um, what do you do? Do you... What football does is, and, and in particular the year, this year, uh, from a personal point of view, is it builds up serious resilience. And, um, it's, been a, it's been a strange year, but uh, ah, you've got to get up and get on with it. You've got to remind the players of how well they're playing. And, 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 and if we keep producing that level of performance, we'll start winning more games than not. I know it's a sort of a thing, like, everyone wants to talk about the title. It's an obsession, but... Do you feel like your team is now ready, is at that level to really challenge for this? If it can I do, I do, I really do. Uh, obviously for the first 50% uh, of the season, we, we, we had to deal with a lot of, a, a lot of setbacks. And t like we, we, we had real key personnel uh, missing regularly. So we, we, we fought through that period to get ourselves to where we are now. And, and, and we're letting ourselves go now, we're enjoying our football, we're going to have a go at it. If it's good enough, brilliant, if it's not, um, we'll, we'll go again. One last thing, I don't know if you saw it, someone up in the cemetery or something caught a, a photo of a team huddle during the week. Was this, I mean, maybe you do this after training all the time, or was this a particular moment in time that was caught? It was, it was after Wednesday's session. Um, it was after Wednesday's session, we had obviously had a tough week uh, at that point. It was after Wednesday's session and I just I just felt it was right. Obviously someone was up in the cemetery and got a hold of it, but um, we just had a few words and, and made a commitment to each other that we're going to give it absolutely everything between now and the end of the season. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. Yeah, so this week's mailbag, straight out of Hickens into the mailbag, see what we did there. Um, yeah, we had a lot of various comments, um, various subjects covered. I rattled through a couple of them. Our old friend, Anwar Gouda, a request, if you will, stop entertaining posts about referees and refereeing decisions. You can't change them under standard. Happens in every single league in the world, win some, we lose some. So I don't know what to do about Kevin O'Hurley's comment then. Cork City are poor, but Rob Hennessy's performance was so odd it was worrying. I mean we have to talk about drawdown Cork City because that is a pivotal game Cork are 1-0 up Cork City are 1-0 up they have a controversial referee's decision goes against them a second yellow card um, from Malik Dijkstiel and then the game they get turned over and that could be it um, 
You know, Rob Hennessy like is they is, play Sligo, which like is Rob, a massive, massive game. Like, Ro- like Rob Hennessy is one of the top officials in the league, and the fact he's been put on that game reflects, you know, this is an important game. But um, I know there was a late penalty as well, um, which was c- contentious enough. You can see probably how the ref in their position might give that one, but it's more the point. The game was turned by the game was turned from that sort of second yellow, and um, it's frustrating. And yeah, it is a huge game against Cork City Sligoers, but I do take the point sometimes that refereeing decisions you go around in circles. Um, bit of first division angst this week. LOI analyst, how is Dave Rogers getting such a buy? And based on how woefully Finn Harps are doing, two home league wins all seasons is a disgrace in such a poor division. John Davis. Asked, is the four-year deal given to Dave Rogers the worst decision a League of Ireland club has ever made? Well, I'm not sure it's the worst decision a League of Ireland club has ever made. It's recalled Daily Man being sold twice and various other things. We, we don't uh, discuss the first division perhaps as much as uh, we should, but it's difficult in that, I, I, again, you, you can lose it last week. I haven't gotten to that many games this season. Not quite sold twice. People know the, the issues with the, the Daily Man deal. Anyway. Um, People know what I'm talking but about. But the table, Dan, like yeah, can is, I, can is I, Let quite, me get yeah, another mail about str- comment in. Yeah. Sean Gleeson then adds, time for Ian Ryan to go. Yeah. We've seen no improvement. Good We've time. seen no improvement since he's taken over. So Finn Harps and Bray angst. So Longford's treaty, Bray, Finn Harps, all in the bottom five, which which is mad, but Finn Harps um, are, to me, practically out of the playoff race, which is incredible. Now, they changed their team pretty much midway through the season, mm. um, which obviously suggests two things, like, you know, your recruitment didn't go well at the start, but we're still backing you as a manager. We're giving you the chance to do it. I mean, they're still in the cup, and there seems to be a bit of an upturn in the results after the break, but... Um, Bray, Bray still have a chance they're six off but that's that's still it's a huge gap six points at this stage in a desperately competitive league I mean for Ian Ryan these are worrying times for sure yeah Jay- I, I would imagine there's, there's every chance like you know I don't know where I'd love to know where the Finn Harps and Bray budgets would sit relative to Drodas I would say there wouldn't be a massive difference. And there's a big comparison, Dan. Bray, Bray have access to the Dublin players. Yeah. There are no Dublin clubs in the league, in the first division. Yeah. So Bray have access to those Dublin Webster, players. Webster, Chris Lyons, Dane Massey. Draw access to the Dublin players at that tier that are want to play Premier Division. They have the opposite in the first division, so they should be doing better, 100%. No, Carlisle Grounds is a lovely place to play. It's actually an attractive club to play at in relative terms. You said fin- Carlisle Grounds was not fit for purpose a couple gra- of weeks ago. But the ground, the pitch itself is a lovely pitch. No, like, you did a good job. Um, but the Finn, Har- the Finn Harp situation, I'd, I don't know what the budget is, but I'd imagine it's harder to attract players. But we've a mad situation here where Cove, who would have a small budget, are third. Athlone, who are sort of always, uh, always a bit you uh, know, mad, yeah. are fourth. Wex- Amateurs. Wexford have, imp- have improved and are fifth. And, Amateurs. Um, yeah. But mm. you, have a, you have a strange situation where, you know, Treaty and Longford are sort of vying for uh, that fifth place. But Brian, Brian Harps are in serious trouble here. And that's just to get into a playoff, which have a one in eight chance getting up anyway. Yeah. No, no. Like, I think they are underperforming teams. I mean, I suppose Harps definitely made a decision. What's in Dave Rogers' defence? Like, they, they gave him a long contract because there was the sense that they weren't, you know, the promotion wasn't their thing this year. Yeah. But, I think, but the problem is that, like, they clearly have to change their team mid-season. So it's not a case of where we're building for the long term with this squad and we're going like, to lose with them this year to be ready to win next year. There's a lot of chopping and changing there. So there's obviously a degree of uncertainty. But um, Galway are... Um, valid points. Yeah. Galway are closing in. So after the Waterford Treaty game, it's now um, 15 points with, what, eight games to go. So yeah, Galway United, yeah, what's groups are? Julian Canney is just like, what percentage chance to win the title this night versus this night versus this night play Longford Saturday? Yeah, Closing he's, in he's on... He's a Mats man, I'd say. He is indeed. So that's a fun chat. Uh, Brexity stuff here. Rory, 
With the recent news that the City Group, that's the City Football Group, will try to sign several League of Ireland talents to put them into their system, as well as the current drain of talent to League One too. What can LOI clubs do in order to protect themselves in these scenarios? Seems Brexit has negatively impacted the LOI, right? First of all, Brexit hasn't negatively impacted the LOI. That's just not true. Um, we're getting to see these players here before they go uh, in a lot of cases. The issue is that... Um, like the issue where we've spoken about before, you have to protect yourselves with, with longer contracts and not have clauses. But clearly, players know as well that they can have their contracts to expire at eighteen uh, and then go for like compensation. But look, Brexit is still a net positive. Like absolutely, like Brexit to me has functioned as a massive audit of the League of Ireland. That's it. It's the biggest audit we've ever had. And as a result, it's... it's Isn't it mad, like, when you think about it? Yeah, it is. It is ridiculous it's, it's, thing it's, that should never for, have happened. It's forced us to examine everything. It's, like it's, it's, it's audited the, the sort of facilities for young players in this country. It's audited the, the contractual situations and how we do deals with players. All sorts of elements. Can you I mean, imagine meeting Nigel Farage in a bar and just saying, do you know what, actually, Brexit, it's been great. It's been an audit for the League of Ireland. What do you make of that, Nigel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, all the stuff you said about health care didn't true and, like, <laughs> Turkey invading you. But everything else was pretty much as, as, as you know, worked out well for um worked out well for Mason Melia. You know, the real winner was a kid in Wicklow or something. Like, you know, yeah. Like the City Football Group thing, yeah, Danny McGrath from from Bowes. I did allude to it in a newsletter there was a deal done and it's since come out elsewhere that it was Danny McGrath's right from Bohemians, the player mm-hmm. who's going to who's gonna to go to Lommel. And this is the slight issue. I know Man City were over watching Mason Melia last weekend and uh, again and I think the the slight fear would be if if our players went to like one of these feeder clubs that they have in the multi-club network which is a murky business because what if they transfer the city at a particular point what's the fee mm. um is this doing like i think people are going to have their eyes open to this type of thing um i know the jacob Bryan one recently like he basically moved to two clubs within the same network but the fee was still substantial enough mm. that the league of iron club did okay cork city but if you had this weird situation where these players went to like from club a to club b for like a nominal amount you're getting screwed here so like that's you know, that's not ideal it's still, eyes, it's still somewhat in the dark as to how this is going to work right, out yeah characters. Ryan Coley had a well yeah but the thing is that I do think though still not every player is going to want to go at 16 you know mm. uh, to Europe that is to a different mm. country and language but but some will and I guess if you're part of the Man City Network you'll there's something coming for you at the end of it Ryan Coley Brexit's great for everyone apart from Derry Lost Trent Coney Doherty for 150k and now training with Liverpool first team. Still only 17, praying there's a sell-on clause. I do believe there's clauses, Ryan. I'm not sure what the clauses are, but I know there is clauses. Yeah, that's part of the thing about Derry jurisdiction. It's a funny old game. I do know there was a player at Derry then who was um who was living in Donegal, but then then player at Derry City was living in Donegal and became like it's not it's not quite straightforward. You can't just have like a load of 16 year olds from Dublin just sign for Derry City and then go to um go mm. to the English club that's not going to happen so you have to be conscious of that I mean like we should mention we are talking about last week the Adam Murphy deal was going to happen and that one's not happening now um, a bit of a sort of an unex- unexpected hitch there it was so, for a patch in the title race it is yeah yeah no no like it's not I don't think it's terrific for him um, in the short term but I, I still think in the long term people will see that brings uh, us on to Crutzy as well who's worried about Pats not scoring enough yeah. goals which actually in fairness could be they've obviously lost Owen Doyle he wasn't prolific anyway but the, 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 I suppose the point has been made some of their strikers um, haven't been scoring enough goals and imagine if Melia were the lad to somehow pop up and start banging in a couple yeah, it, yeah, yeah you Pat's in good form though you shouldn't be relying on 15 all but I take your point I think Conor Carty like is a particular type of forward player like he causes he's got a presence 
but he's not someone who looks like he's going to at, at this moment he's very good but he's not scoring he's not yeah. I don't feel like he's going to hit an Afalabi style mm. run you so know? we have Chris Forrester at um, well that's I mean Forrester is the top scorer like this is the thing you know but like uh, there comes a point where he probably uh, it's hard I mean Richie Tyrell did did reach 20 plus in a season from midfield I guess it can be done but you're needing Forrester to do that but um, yeah Pat I think that was a struggle in Eastleigh but as I said I I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't labour too much on, on that point um, Brian Kelly it was said last week the Bows away for maybe per but Derrier went away since May 12th but are seen as biggest challengers well aware of differences but believe that needs to be highlighted as a major weakness for him this season I see your point Brian it's not an unfair one I guess my argument on that would be that like Rory Higgins as dairy manager like last season they won lots of big games in Dublin um, I know Bowes did win in Derry at the start of this season but like Rovers have won in uh, Derry have won in Tala this year they've also played European games away from home since not winning in the in the league away from home where they've like performed very well and sort of got necessary results so I think there's a slight difference I still just think there's a small thing with this Bowes era they're thinking where is the big away performance has been in the last in the last while um, but it's a fair point I think Derry had a bad run of away games around the time where their form slumped mm. like last Friday you'd watch them you'd have no fears about them I think with Bowes it's not even just they didn't win away it's that a couple of the games away from home they didn't play that well in fact even the night in Drada where they had their last away win um, they didn't they did play they, well they, in Tala though which, they, they which augurs well and for Friday thing, and they played well against Pats away yeah. so I just, I'm just saying Very that it's, it's something they haven't done whereas like Derry last year like be, had an amazing record in Dublin under Rory Higgins you know so I also but, think you can look at Bowes um, when Afalabi wasn't scoring and since he has started scoring they're Pretty different team. Yeah, no, no. And like, they have great options off the bench. Yeah. Like in Tolka, like they were very poor for for an hour, but then they still finished very strong. Mm. Like I'm I'm definitely taking Bowes more seriously now because you do see the bench freshens them mm-hmm. up in every game and they've got a chance. And certainly in the cup, they'll be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, Hefty Kebab Trey, the perfect fact, they have to go to draw day again. You know, and that's mm. the thing. Hefty Kebab Trey, great name. Would Bowes be top of the league if it wasn't for terrible defending all season? Look, I think every team in the league has a reason. We'd be top of the league if it wasn't for this. You know, Pats would be if Joe Redmond didn't get injured. Rovers would be all oh, the you know the bad start. Jack Byrne, Ferrugia injuries. Uh, Derry could be all the injuries they had. Um, you know, Dundalk maybe don't have one really to that to that level. But uh, if they'd signed Horgan earlier, you know. But I I, I think yeah I I yeah I I. I Bows definitely have a defensive weakness, I think. Why um, have uh, sixth place in Dork from Evan uh, being recently held as t- a title challenger as well? Fifth place shells only have an outside chance of Europe. Well, that is kind of how mad the league is as well, to be fair. Yeah, I think I think Gary might have had a sum slightly wrong last <laughs> week about the Dundalk three points closer than they were. Uh, so Dundalk were eight points behind. To my eyes, I don't know. I'd never really viewed Dundalk as title challengers this year. Stevie O'Donnell gets Galway in the Cup, of course. It had to happen. Did? Um, well, I'm sure be, we'll talk about that closer to the That'll time. be interesting. Once or twice. Tom Dyke, it was obvious how much Jerry wanted to beat Bowes on Friday they forgot to suffer those time-wasting niggling injuries that usually afflict them 3-2 and their hamstrings would have exploded en masse well there was a classic boy who cried well from Mark Connolly with that injured earlier on when Derry were struggling and everyone was like people around were like oh, here we go again this is unbelievable I was getting messages from like Bowes fans ah typical Derry it's like Mark Connolly's just been replaced he actually was injured you know oh yeah just keep the head down move on um, James Fitzsimons in comparison to the leagues in other small countries what is the realistic level standard FBI should aim for but clearly way behind Iceland put in brackets we're not on, on rankings we are ahead, on rankings the we're well ahead yeah. of them uh, and should be better given population and resources but what is the ceiling could otherwise clubs ever be on par with for example the Danish league Scandinavian leagues why not so I was looking at the, the Barrett's magic list and the teams around us I think the problem is right. the, the comparison game is tough Like leagues like Slovenia are not a million miles ahead of Ireland like um, you know Finland Slovakia Bulgaria but 
I think as leagues, in fact, like attendances-wise and stuff, we'd hold up very well against them under a lot of metrics, apart from the fact that a lot of those countries have one massive team, you know, mm. that is bigger than any of our mm. teams. Like HJK Helsinki, you know, be huge. Injury. Like, like for example, people talk about Dundalk and Batty and that massive win. Like Belarus are now down to 49th in Europe. Now, they've gone to the cliff. Now, Belarus as a country is obviously, you know, <laughs> a bit, bit of a character in charge. Yes, and, like, you know, the, the, the obviously playing football all the way through COVID didn't actually work out great for their league for whatever reason, you know. We're all watching the Belarusian football there for a while, but the fact is their league, even Bate now, are, are, are very average. Um, they, and they got, through flukish, fluky circumstances, they got a pass this year quite far in Europe. But, um, yeah, like I, I think like some of the, so it's very hard. Like, like could we could our league be as strong as something like Slovakia or maybe Bulgaria? Like, maybe that's as far as we can go. But then you're not gonna like Ludogorets, like the two Sofia teams are bigger. Mm. Slovan Bratislava are mm. a massive club. Yeah, mm. you might have the team that are second or third in that, which might be modest enough. So I actually think we're doing pretty well within our current framework. Like for what we you know to, we're getting towards that top thirty two, three, four. But then there are leagues around us like Kosovo and a couple of that that you think we should be stronger than. So, but I don't know how, I think if we got our facilities right, if we had like, you know, modern stadiums and a strong 10-team league, we could do well, but we've no TV deal. Like, you know, I like I think there's a... That brings me on to... We're probably doing as well as we can comparatively. And yeah. can we get to Denmark level or a Norway level or a Sweden? I don't believe That brings so. me on no. to oil access. We'll draw to become more formidable force next year with new ownerships. I'm doing a piece for the currency on Saturday on this. And just what you were saying, Dan, my, the, the worry I would have in general with the League of Ireland is how little has been done in terms of facilities and, and how hard it's to get anything done. In terms of the draw to development, it sounds like a positive one. I think they, they, they sound like they're good investors. There's obviously going to be a wall saw sort of connection um but also speaking to um kev doherty like kev i think is liaised with them and whatever they get on but like kev wouldn't be uh sort of suggesting that you know there's going to be a massive amount of money for drawers to be challenging for the title or anything like that it's just going they're not going to be basically scrapping week to week as they are now and it's going to be still they they have a cape of a ground they really need to get out there and that could take forever for all i know yeah and christopher miles followed up a late message on that as well you know can draw the challenge for europe i i think the thing is with draw it like it'll give them more security i don't think they're going to throw the the, the, the chat seems to be I'm not even sure if they're going to be fully full time straight away mm. it might be more you know transitioning towards that uh, and the problem they have is that again like they're in the same way that the dock are like draw their like what are they going to have to do to suddenly get players to pick them over bows, shells, pats and rovers? Like they'd have to throw mad money at it, which I don't think is going to be the plan. So it just means that it might be with the players they have, you can turn more of them full time. In some cases, like, you know, they're obviously have careers, but it's maybe better resources for them to tie them down so, so you don't lose James Clark very easily exactly, when bows yeah. come calling. But they're probably still going to have to shop in similar enough markets. They just might be able to just have a little bit more security, maybe do better loans and, 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 and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be expecting Drada to suddenly um, become like European challengers with this straight away. But it, it probably means that they're less vulnerable, as I would feel, Drada, like just can't keep going the way they are in their budget. Like there's just a year where the teams are around. No, you see next year. Get the, exactly. Like there's a year, Drada would be a contender to have a, a season that wouldn't be a million miles off UCDs, you know, mm. if if they performed relative to budget. They're actually massively overperforming on budget. So that must be pointed out. Thomas Tormey, given the way our teams went out of Europe, often playing too slowly in their own half, I thought Gary's point, we should try playing some friendly against lower division teams, Spain, Italy, a bit dated. 
uh, to be fair, the away trips might be good. Yeah, it's fair enough. Complex, but never ending. What needs to happen for Virgin to look at the degree a large scale in terms of game show and broadcast deal for the league, and a chance that would lead to some money for the league? Well, Virgin has shown three games now in a run. I mean, it's a simple answer um, that we just just need more people to watch them. Um, I, you know, so like the Virgin launched last week. I think the figures so far have been okay, but they're not short. They're not near. I think, I suppose, the ideal projection they would have for it to be a more permanent thing. So um, they have to try and build an audience. Um, and look, that's the classic thing with TV in this in this league. Clearly, you 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 know, there's obviously Virgin getting a lot of love for covering the games and how they've done stuff socially. And there's a value in that, like the visibility and, and sort of, mm. you know, a bit of brand loyalty and stuff. But um, you need more people to watch. Josh Dolan, it's entertaining to see pretty much all teams, apart from Galway, regularly drop points about divisions. Watching us causing the inconsistency, team pretty constantly other out, lack of know-how experience required to see out games. Yeah, I think there's elements of the of 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 that. I think you know the, there's an inexperienced element to the league does make it harder for teams to be more consistent, in my view, just because it's a younger league and younger players often aren't as consistent. Declan Crosby, brilliant night for the Drogs on Friday. Sending off was key, but Drogba showed great spirit to come back. My six-year-old was the mascot. He got to play on the pitch with Paul Crowley beforehand and then walk out with Gary Deegan. He said it was the best night of his life. Imagine walking out with Gary yeah. Deegan for anything. Like. There were so many great people involved with our clubs, many of them volunteering a lot of their own time for their love of football in their communities. We had a bunch of them on Friday and they met a child's night. Now, if we can just improve the facilities in the league. I like Declan's po- positivity. I'm going to give him the mailbag Lovely. once he doesn't bring the six-year-old on the Rascals tour. We can't yeah, actually no, be advocating. It wouldn't be great. It might be the best night of his life, but... Probably shouldn't do that. Just um, let your fan account while Lampard first TD release in the League of Ireland fixture wall chart or LOI. Uh, do you know the context of this? Um, uh, Gael TD uh, Neil Richmond has produced a World Cup wall chart. I'm trying to think. You know, uh, Surrey, can you show me uh, the the conduct of the South Dublin Fine Gael TD? And you would like this would be churned out. It's just like imagine filling your wall chart every morning. You know, oh, I see, I see uh, Ireland have beaten Romania 112 nil last night. And uh, here's, I'll, I'll fill in the score on my, on my, on my chart here while looking at the, the reassuring face of Neil Richmond. But you know what, I think I might vote for him the next time because he's clearly, he's part of the team of us. Very briefly, was that the Ireland-Samoa um, game just because it happened to be on beside us and French rugby fans are f- miles better than Ireland. Like, they were just there as neutrals and it great crack, great noise. Irish rugby fans, Irish rugby, Irish rugby um, atmosphere is rubbish. Like, rap so bad. It's just full of people who don't know, like me, who, I, who when I go to game, don't know what's going on and are just there for the for the jolly, basically. Will you get a Neil Richmond uh, wall yeah. chart for the tournament? Okay. Well, you can, you can look him up. Yeah. Uh, Cork City Fanatics, likelihood of Cork staying up if we beat Sligo on Friday. Oh, and it gives you a chance. Have to win. Have Sligo, to win. Sligo are struggling. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just not sure I see it. Uh, Josh Turner made a reference to Premier Division clubs where they look at success. Edegon after his brilliant brace for Treaty. But he hasn't scored enough goals this year in general, but I'm sure anyone will. Uh, Cossie Casey, guest presenter was great. If the boy ward is away again, I have a suggestion for a sub. Hashtag ready to broad. Cotsy is our I actually started reading the book yesterday I did send Cotsy a message I've got 33 pages in a Roddy's book it's good uh, then he asked is Dan Hugh Cattle's voice twin <laughs> that's the end of our relationship Cotsy <laughs> to be fair um, I mean like, like Brian Cranston or um, whoever <laughs> you know I've been confused with Hugh Cattle's voice I mean I'm not sure how I feel about and that Ian Rush uh, fell out boy one last was like is Paul McMullen half man half cheetah half relentless cyborg that would be three halves fell about I'm not going to be pedantic he ran all over the Daily Mount and had the back four rattled he has been a great sign and wingers in that game Marie Higgins mentioned it you know two like four wingers on the pitch and it makes for a great game 100% 
Uh, anyway, before we move on to our long interview with James Clark, we've got the quiz business we're going very quickly. Last week's question was, can people name the last club to reach the FBI Cup final without playing a home game? The answer to that was Dundalk in 2019, decent enough. And the answer, uh, the winner, sorry, is Niall Connolly. So uh, come and collect your Rascals Brewery prize. And then uh, this week's question, um, can people name the last time a Shamrock Rovers player was the top scorer in a League of Ireland Premier Division season and who was the player so we need the player and we need the year the last time Shamrock Rovers uh, a Shamrock Rovers player finished top of the goal scoring charts now we're going to move on from that to your chat with James Clark along ex-Shamrock uh, Rovers ex-Shamrock Rovers of course uh, and uh, currently of Bowes uh, draw that in between and you started off by asking James about his pathway from Mead to end up playing for Shamrock Rovers for starters uh, No I played DDSL to be honest I played uh, I was at Cherry Orchard for like three or four years before that and I did a year at Belvedere as well so even when I was young I was still travelling up to Dublin playing football so I kind of like I've pretty much been playing football uh, football in Dublin since I was like 10 or 11 so, so I guess yeah, that entailed like your parent, like your dad or whatever helping you out and bringing you up to Dublin or whatever oh yeah my dad brought me to all the training so it was a big commitment for him really it was like two three nights a week when I was a young lad like so it was a big commitment from him and what was your position as a kid uh, pretty much the same. I was always kind of a ten. I did a year at striker, which I love to be fair. But it was pretty. Oh, much did you? Number ten. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, just not quick enough for anyone, I suppose. <laughs> you don't need to be quick, sure. Uh, yeah, they, they, they'll be interested. They'll throw you up front now. Uh, the last ten minutes yeah. on on Friday. So, how did you end up with Shamrock Rovers then? Um, I just kind of got asked. I think it was after the, it was after the Kennedy Cup and. Uh, yeah, I was. Um, I was leaving Cherry Orchard anyway because I just wanted a, a, a change kind of, and I knew the, that the under fifteen League of Ireland leagues were coming in, so I wanted to go to to like a League of Ireland club because I'd be able to play in that. And Rovers asked me basically just to play for them, and I was I was happy there. Like, and I really enjoyed it. To be fair. So how did it go for you? Yeah, I was just I was with them on the seventeens. I think I did a year on the fifteen, and then two years on the seventeens with them. And uh, I left then. I went to draw at a joined draw at a first year in nineteens, and I pretty much from then just went straight into the first team there. So kind of interest because I suppose we've been speaking on the podcast about the the, the pathway at Shamrock Rovers from the young players to make it to the senior level is not it's not easy because the senior team is so strong. So like, had you an option of kind of stepping up to nineteens, or was it better for you to go elsewhere? Uh, yeah. Well, I could have gone nineteens with with Rovers, of course, but I felt like. The pathway to the first team there was probably a bit a bit further away, maybe another year or two. Whereas I felt if I went and I could have gone straight in the first team, and that was kind of what I wanted to do at that age. Like I didn't really want to be staying and playing on the nineteen football for another year or two. I kind of wanted to go straight into the first team level. So what that's, to draw that's this? Kind of where I left. Yeah, what to draw to say to you then? Uh, well, it was Garrett. Garrett Dodger rang me. Garrett Dodger and then Wayne as well was there, and uh, they rang me and they wanted to sign me for the nineteens. And like I knew in my head, like I was going there, and that I'd be able to if I just played played well, I'd be able to get in with the with the first team quick enough. And that's what happened. I was I think I was with the nineteens for like two weeks, and then I ended up uh, playing with the first team, going with the first team for the rest of the year. This is under Tim or Kev? Yeah, uh, under Tim. Kev was there as well. Kev was the assistant. The two of them were there. So Tim, Tim is Tim is from the same neck of the woods as you, give or take. So how did you enjoy Drogheda then? Oh, I love Jordan. Yeah, it's a brilliant club to be honest. It's great, uh, great feeling there. It's great community spirit and all. And uh, 
yeah, no, it's a great place to to start playing football, really. And they're doing really well at the minute. Kev's Kev's a great manager, to be honest. He showed a lot of faith in me there. And uh, Tim as well was good for me as well. Why has Kev done so well, do you think? Um, I don't know. We kind of just, I think, like, everyone likes him, of course. Everyone, everyone's happy to play for him. And he's... The teams were always set up well. Like I remember, like last year, we'd always know what we were doing. We knew the kind of what sort of job we had going into the match, and I think he does a good job, like binding the team together and making sure there's good spare. And you can tell, like on the pitch, that he trusts you and he he backs you to, to do well. Just before we get to Bowes in, when we had Stephen Rice on, he was on about the future developers program. Uh, a couple of kids were involved, and you were involved in that. Yeah. What yeah, was I that enjoyed a... that. Yeah, tell us about that actually. Yeah, that was a mad thing. It was for uh, players. I think it was around under 15 level, maybe under 16. And it was basically lads who at the time just weren't big enough, really. There were, it was a lot of the smaller lads uh, at that age group. And I was like, I didn't really start growing until I was about 17, 16. So I was always one of the smaller, smaller, like skinnier lads. And it was just like an Ireland team for that, but lads who were, who were small at that age. And we had the likes of Dawson, Jack Moylan was on it as well. It was, like, it was a good old team. We were in the, the Galway Cup for and I think we won it. So it actually makes a lot of sense when you think about it that. Like, what height are you now? Uh, six six foot now. Six foot. So you so were you expecting to kind of have a growth spurt or at that time did you feel that, you know, I'm just going to be kind of like a, a smaller playmaker or whatever? Uh, no, I wasn't really expecting a growth spurt. Like, I knew I'd grow a bit, but I didn't think I'd get to like six foot or six six foot so uh yeah i kind of knew i thought it'd be smaller to be fair and that kind of i was saying that to the lads as well which is because some of the lads on the team were like you're one of the biggest tens we've ever seen like and i think it's kind of because from when i was young i was i'm able to use my body well because when i was younger i was always smaller than everyone else so like as a result of that i kind of now that i've grown i'm still like still have that the like the ability to use my body and know which way to move and all that which maybe if I was like always taller when I was younger I wouldn't have that's very interesting so like in some ways I don't know a bit like Wes Hoolan or whatever like you had to adjust in terms of your own physique as you were younger but now you're able yeah. to benefit from actually you know being physically more uh, able to run yeah I think so yeah I think it's benefited me as well do you model yourself in any number 10s uh, not really no um I used like I like I do like the likes of Jack Grealish and uh, even your man Sobislay with Liverpool. I think he's a mm. really good player, and I think he be they be similar enough to me. But I don't I wouldn't really model myself on anyone though. Uh, you're better than them. So how did the Bowes move come about anyway? Uh, Keith Long basically rang me and he was like, uh, "That really interested to have you know." And at the time, to be honest, I wasn't I wasn't really trying to leave Jordan. I wasn't mad to leave Jordan. I was just like. I kind of left. I was like, maybe at the end of the year, see what happens. So, and it ended up being a thing that Bose had an offer accepted from from Jotter, and it became a thing where I basically signed for Bose or signed a new deal with Jotter. And I just had to weigh up the two, and I thought Bose would be a better opportunity for me to progress. And uh, yeah, I think it was a great decision. So we're looking at give or take. Um, I think you've had like ten starts, and maybe just looking at stats, I think you've come off the bench, sort of. 12 times something like that so you've exploded into life of late how has the season gone for you like it's been a, maybe a bit of a slow burner but talk us through it 
Yeah, um, well, at the start, I kind of missed the first few games. At the start, I, was in, I had a little injury at the start, and then that kind of slowed me down as well. And obviously, like, the lads were doing, were doing really well. It was, uh, had a brilliant start to the year, so I was kind of just stuck on the bench, and I'd be coming on. I was coming on every game still, and uh, it's only, like, recently that I've, well, no, like, I've, I've had lots of, like, starts during the season, but it would be, like, one game started and then maybe two in the bench, whatever. But I always felt that when I was coming on, I was kind of doing really well. But I wasn't able to put that in a run of games from the start. And I think just recently, like since I've since I've been in after the Shares game, I've been able to do that. So hope I can keep that up. How is your relationship with uh, John Afalabi going? Yeah, I think we have a great relationship. Like I love playing with him. He's a brilliant player to play with. His whole of play is ridiculous. Like some of the touches he has. Like, you know, if there's a long ball into him, if I get round in front of him, there's a good chance he'll be able to play it into my part or he'll hold up and play another lad. So, uh, yeah, I think we have a great relationship. I know as well when I get the ball, he'll be, he'll be making a run. So I do I do always look to try and find him. What was your best performance this season? Because you've been in a couple of live games. I remember you were you were good in, in talent patches and then I guess you got rave reviews in Inchy Core as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know, actually. I need to... Uh, I know the past game I was good, yeah, but I didn't score. And I'm trying to think if there was one, uh, maybe even the Shelburne one in the cup. I thought I was I was good in that. I could have had a few assists in that one as well. But I think I've had a, I have I have had a few decent ones off the bench as well. But I'm trying I'm trying to think of one there. Very humble, maybe. Yeah, I don't. There's not one that stands out really, to be honest. I don't I don't have one in my head like right away, but. I remember, yeah. I remember, um, I remember, like you, you seem to enjoy the the experience and talent and all that. What what does Friday night mean to you now coming up? Uh, yeah, it's just the biggest game, the uh, biggest game of the year, really, in in Irish football and Irish league football. So, uh, I can't wait for it. The atmosphere is always brilliant at these matches, and uh, I I do like playing in Tallah as well. The pitch is always perfect, so it's it's going to be a good, hopefully, going to be a good game. The um. Like the Bows form as well. Like you've obviously you've played Pats and were very good that night. Uh, played Derry again, very very even game. So I guess you've probably improved as the season has gone. Is that fair to say? Um. Yeah, we definitely had a spell in the middle of the season where we were we were going through a rough patch, and I think we've we've rolled that well, and we've uh, got a bit more consistency definitely the past few weeks. But it's kind of just about turning like them them two draws into wins, and if we if we hopefully we can do like. Like the Pats game, I thought we could have nicked it, or the Derry game as well. And if we can start getting wins out of them, I think we'll be looking in a really good place uh, for the end of the year. How do you celebrate if you score on Friday? Well, do a knee slide, take me top off if it's a, if it's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a book in straight away. And what have you made of the management team, obviously, Decky and uh, Gary thrown together? Yeah, no, they've been really good. Uh, very good to work well together. And all the lads love them as well. Um yeah, yeah, no, very good. There's a well, they like they've set us up well, and uh, like we know every game how we're gonna do, and like what what way to approach the game. You've you, you've good young players. What do you make of James McManus? Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. He's so good on the ball, to be fair, and he's he's mad as well. He's one of them. He never does anything crazy. Like he won't do any crazy passes or crazy runs or shots around. But he always he always seems to make the right decision. His first touch is always brilliant as well. Like I think it'll do really well. 
what are your own ambitions at this stage? Because obviously it's kind of happened quickly for you with Bose, but like, um, are you concentrating on the now or do you look at the likes you mentioned Dawson, obviously Jack Moylan has been linked with the move away. Like where would you like to go longer term? Um, Look, obviously in the long term, I would love to go to England or even like somewhere abroad. I love to play football abroad at some point, at some point in my career. I don't think I'm in any mad rush at the minute, but like that's definitely always been an ambition since I was young. So hopefully like, in the future, I can do that. Uh, at the minute, to be honest, while I'm at Bowes, I want to win the trophy. I think that's a big ambition of mine uh, and, like, one I hope I can do. But I think long-term, yeah, I'd definitely love to play football abroad. It's interesting to see abroad as well, so it's not necessarily England. No. Why no, not? I, I lo- um, well, I'd love to play anywhere in Europe. Like, i love to play in Spain, Italy, a- anywhere down there. I think they have a really good football culture down there as well. I wouldn't just be stuck to playing in playing in England like if I got an opportunity yeah, so I'd probably I'd, uh, if it was a good opportunity I'd probably take it as well Is passing your best attribute or can you improve on aspects of your game? Pass I know I'm testing my best it's, it's decent to be fair I'd say dribbling is probably my best attribute Um, passing as well I suppose be up there true balls and stuff Um, I think one I can maybe I can improve on shooting a bit more if I can get a few more goals. That's one I always look to improve on on my left foot as well. But I'd say dribbling probably my best attribute. But you you ultimately want to go back up front like the old days. <laughs> It'd be nice. It would be nice to be fair. I was there was a period where uh, all our strikers it was looking like Johnny was going to be injured and all the other strikers were out and I was going to play up front for one of the games this year. So I was buzzing for that. But uh, <laughs> Johnny ended up coming back, so <laughs> ruined it. You see difficult spares are like what was it like with Johnny in the sense that like he was so slow to get going with goals and then he just he's hit this mad run like so his confidence must be up. Yeah, it's, yeah, his confidence is definitely up. Um, yeah, it just took him a while to get the goals, but he was always doing well. Like at the start of the year, we were saying it as well. Like he was he was terrorizing some of the defenses. I always thought he was he was impacting games as well. He just it's just it's weird. One of them when you're a striker, it seems to be. Like they they come in they come in uh piles like the goals because he 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 was started here he was getting in the right positions now it just wasn't falling from him ever ever since he 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 got in a little run he's been he's been firing away he looks like he's going to score every game there. So we'll wrap up shortly. Like the 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 game being televised and everything Friday that must be some buzz like and it means so much as well. You're still in the title race and all that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love playing uh. The, the RTE games or the Virgin Media games as well because uh, they can't be made from home be watching it and everyone be watching it as well so it's it's always a great game to play in and uh, it, they always seem to have a bit more extra eyes in them so uh, I always try to do well and hopefully we can win the game Is your dad still a big part of your kind of advice going forward and all that? Ah uh, yeah definitely I'd always if ever and uh, so I'd always ask my dad and yeah I I uh, I talk to him like very regularly and always about like football stuff and all so. I guess you're a good example of like you can you can progress within the league in Ireland even in your sort of early twenties. Um, I suppose so. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I like it's probably my fifth. It it is my fifth year now, so mm. I I have been around a while. I suppose in the league of Ireland and uh, like I always felt like I was doing well and I was just kind of get getting that regular run of games in the in the Premier Division and being able to show what I can do. So that was that was always the like my attitude just just to try and do as well as I can in every game. Like 
So if you're if bows have sprints, where do you come in? Are you kind of quicker with the ball than without it? And yeah, I'm quicker with the ball. Bucko was saying that to me today, actually. That exact thing, that I'm quicker with the ball than whatever. Uh, we were doing sprints there. So actually, I was quick enough today, but usually now in the sprints, I'll be I'll be near the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I presume but, um I presume Connolly's top is he? Uh yeah, Dylan's top. Casper will be up there as well, actually. Um, Dylan's number one, both but easily to be fair. So you're 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 already taking a booking with that celebration on Friday, enemy if you score. Yeah, it'd have to be after 19 minutes. I suppose, <laughs> but if I did get one, then it would definitely come off. Yeah, <laughs> just for Bose fans, as well, to remind them how long are you under contract with Daily Mount? Um, after next year, I have next year, and then I think there's an option for another year. So lovely stuff. Well, great to talk to you. Oh, thanks very much, Johnny. So he's going to celebrate, Dan. Um, if it's in the, you know, a slate on or whatever, he's going to take the shirt off, take the yellow card. I mean, if Bowes win this game, it's going to be some crack for the rest of the season. The, it, I feel like, just, I feel, yeah, I feel like Bowes, I feel like Shamrock Rovers, like the next two games are massive for them. I, I feel like for the league, they need Rovers to drop points on Friday, even if it's just a draw, because you look at their fixtures after these couple of games, you can see them putting a sequence together. So they have to drop points in these two games. Yeah, and... Uh, Let's I, run through this yeah, week's fixtures. I, I think the place is going to be rocking. Like, Tala's been a little bit kind of subdued of late, you know, poor enough crowd against Corks. For Europe was forgettable. Um, so I think it'll be back rocking. Still sick, but you don't think that you say that, but like, look at the fixtures, like the attendance, like, still, still 6,000. Still 6,000 now fighting. We're, we're blasé um, about it now. Uh, Cork City Sligo Rovers, again, huge game, obviously. Drogheda United, uh, UCD. Um, I think Drogheda can pretty much ensure safety there. Uh, Dundalk, Derry City, Shelburne, Pats, Shamrock Rovers, Bohemians. On to the first division. Uh, Galway United travel to Longford on Saturday. By which point, Watford will have hosted Finn Harps. Cove play Treaty. Kerry host Bray. Um, Kerry obviously losing their skipper during the week, but Bray. And Ryan Keller, we should say, new contract, the first professional contract uh, handed out by. Uh, by Kerry to Ryan Callagher it's a big moment for them class of big moment for Bray though absolutely have to win that game Waterford play a plucky Athlone Town um, you said Waterford playing Finn Harps you can uh, Wexford there. play Finn Harps sorry I yeah. apologise Wexford play Finn Harps yeah Waterford play Athlone good spot Dan um, that was our show yeah, it would be a bad League of Ireland cock-up if a team was put down twice. It's probably happened at some stage in the past. <laughs> Waterford, Wexford, now. it's all the not one. Not in the FOI Connect era. Um, so yeah, we're in association with Future Ticketing, Colour and Cuff, and Rascal Brewery in Chicago.